0: They left New York City behind in a thin rain. Henry Reed's tricked-out Jeep Cherokee powering along as if the highway were dry as a bone, easing through the aggressive upstate traffic with the grace of a vehicle too big and heavy to risk hitting. Henry sat at the wheel, his fine, well-manicured hands gripping it steadily, and his green eyes fixed on the road ahead. He was generous-featured and handsome, nose just a touch over large, and smile lines starting at the corners of his eyes, maybe forty and aghast. Whenever they were together, she had the habit of watching his face like she wanted to memorize every detail. Anna McAllister, 23, and his secretary, loved him, with the kind of desperate adoration that was usually limited to schoolgirl crushes, and though it embarrassed her, it stayed in her head no matter what she did. She fell asleep to thoughts of running her fingers through his floppy, coffee-colored hair, and woke up to thoughts of turning to see his sleeping face on the pillow beside her. As they drove, competing with late holiday makers headed for dinner somewhere out in the Catskills, she kept stealing looks at him. Henry probably thought that she'd agreed to spend her Christmas Eve with him because she was dedicated to their work, but Anna did it for the reason that she did everything he ever asked of her. Because, despite the complete impossibility of this real estate billionaire wanting to date the help, she lived to see him smile. I can't wait until you see this thing, Henry said excitedly two hundred years old stone now with all the modern comforts solar array on the south roof windmill network cable in place all we need to do is order internet and phone service load cord wood into the shed and fill the oil tanks and she's completely ready to go huh. bet she'll sell in a month or two even in winter henry glanced at her the excitement in his voice coloring his cheeks and making his eyes dance in a way that made her stomach do a little flip It sounds great, she replied, with a little squeak in her voice that she couldn't conceal. She was a small, voluptuous woman, her own hair a shade lighter than his, falling in waves to her mid-back when she let it loose. Not that he would know that. She kept it carefully tucked up in a bun for work. Her eyes were light gray-green, in contrast with his pine-colored irises, and she tended to line them with coal to bring out their unusual pale color. She wore a wool aubergine suit today, one of her best thrift store finds, and warm enough, paired with fleece-lined tights, warm boots, gloves, and a puffer vest, to take on the Catskills in late December, she hoped. In reality, she'd only been to upstate a few times since moving to New York City from Delaware, and she still wondered if she was ready for what the locals termed a real winter. "'I hope so. James told me today that she's ready for a tour, and I wanted to get it done before the holiday. I really hope you don't mind spending Christmas Eve dinner with your boss.' He knew that she had no family to speak of, but he didn't know how much trouble she'd had making friends since she'd come to the city. Shyness wasn't an asset anywhere in the world, but in New York City it was a serious handicap, and she was struggling. "'I didn't have any plans,' she admitted, but left it at that. The whole holiday thing depressed her. It drove home her loneliness and made her feel pathetic. Besides, the truth was that she couldn't think of anyone else in the world she'd rather spend a holiday with than him. "'It's too bad I couldn't swing by and pick up Monty,' he mused. "'He just adores you. "'Of course, it'll be nice to have a Christmas Eve dinner "'without his nose constantly poking out from under the table in search of scraps.' She giggled a little, and his eyes twinkled in response. Her assistant's duties didn't normally involve looking after overly friendly Rhodesian ridgebacks, but she spent so much time volunteering at the SPCA that handling rambunctious dogs was second nature to her. Now and again, when Henry left out of town, he asked her to look after the big doofus, who was actually fairly well-behaved, except for his begging habit. "'I never really mind doggy begging. He's a happy guy. We'll just have to remember to bring him next time you take me out here to show off one of your houses.' She prayed that would be often and soon. Just taking a quiet drive out to the country with him made her happier. He nodded, flashing a brief grin. Restoring both the old houses and the local economy of this part of the Catskills was one of his personal missions. She'd never met anyone who loved crumbling stone farmhouses as much as Henry, and could only hope that the steady stream of holiday home buyers he counted on materialized. He wasn't hurting for money if the risks he took didn't pan out, but she could imagine his disappointment if they didn't. The whole area up here was economically depressed and filled with ancient, decrepit bits of American history begging for restoration. His dream was to bring jobs and money to the area by restoring those houses, and she had worked hard to help him in every way she could.